I'm Colleen, and this podcast is an inside look at recovery, which I define as a lifelong journey to get out of your own way and become your own best friend. Join me for mindset upgrades that move you from worry and regret to resilience and confidence. I'll share easy strategies for how to feel better without having to make major changes. Because it's not what you do, it's who you are. Self-care is the path to recovery because our needs are not negotiable. So in this session, we're gonna talk about sugar. And I know that um, that's something that we're often very resistant to, especially when you just took the huge step to um, kick alcohol to the curb and to take control of your life. And, you know, I want to preface this video with, with a complete understanding and no judgment. This is optional information. What I found in early recovery is that I was already doing a lot of work and examining my daily habits and mental status and all of that. And so it kind of was an ideal time to kind of look at the big picture and not just my alcohol use. But that is a very individual um, thing. You know, if your bandwidth right now is capable of looking at sugar and its impact on your diet, which can be as harmful as alcohol and also can really inhibit your ability to recover quickly. Um, you know, including sugar in an alcohol detox is an unbelievable way to accelerate recovery. You're going to make uh, a lot of progress a lot faster. But it's also okay to take things one at a time. And only you know um, what your speed needs to be. So I'm including this information as completely optional. As you're moving through this course, and if you want to take the time and learn about this, and you know, as long as you're kind of sitting in Suckville, just go ahead and jump off and clean it all up because you know, you're going to get farther faster, then, you know, that's why I'm including it in this information. Again, there's no judgment at all. But you should know that sugar is really can be quite as damaging as alcohol. You know, it doesn't have the intoxication effects. So you're not going to get a DUI because you ate too much sugar. Probably you're not, you know, in high emotional rants and tirades with your spouse and conflict there um, because it doesn't have the same impact to your cognitive judgment, but it does have some impact. And it's really important to understand, you know, in this country, sugar is everywhere. And sugar is actually more addictive than cocaine. I've seen it eight times as much addictive. I've seen it four times, but let's go on the low end. Let's say sugar is four times more addictive than cocaine. What does that mean? That means when the scientists in their little white lab coats are doing their research experiments, that rats will work four to eight times longer trying to push the button and push the lever to get the sugar. They'll give up sooner um, with cocaine addiction and keep going with um, the sugar. So that's really indicative of how how much our brain craves sugar. 
And the problem in our culture is that we don't have to work to get sugar. In fact, we have to work to avoid it. Sugar is in everything. I still, you know, after 10 years of being a highly informed, plant-based, all-natural, whole foods person, I still get caught. You know, just last week, I my girls wanted some yogurt and I picked up some plant, like a coconut milk or an almond milk or something, some sort of yogurt. And I just grabbed it and put it in the cart. Did not even look at it. I got home and my five ounce container of yogurt, which is healthy, you know, it's in the right packaging and anybody that's healthy is like, oh, that's a good choice. It's, it's dairy free. But that five ounce container had 18 grams of sugar. There's four grams of sugar per teaspoon. So you're talking almost five teaspoons. If I put that in a baggie, it takes up like a third, you know, it's just pure sugar. And so it's really hard for us to avoid sugar. It's in our ketchup. It's in our spaghetti sauce. It's, you know, so I'm not even talking about candy bars and lollipops. I'm talking about just trying to eat normal food. You can easily exceed your, the, the, nor, the, the healthy level of sugar that you're supposed to get in a day. Women, as women, we're supposed to eat less than six teaspoons a day. Most Americans get four to five times that much. Men, it's a little higher, just under nine teaspoons, but it um, it's everywhere and it's really wreaking havoc on our brains, on our gut health, um, on our organs, on our heart health, all of it. It's a, it's a real problem. So let's get into a little bit of what the problems are. Um, first of all, like alcohol, sugar triggers a dopamine release. And if you're eating the high fructose corn syrup sugar, you are getting way jacked up. High fructose corn syrup is the is analogous to regular sugar as crack cocaine is to coca leaves, coca tea leaves. So it's highly, highly concentrated and it's addictive. So it's stimulating those high levels of dopamine and dopamine is the feel good pleasure chemical. Dopamine is not just a pleasure chemical. You know, I often think of pleasure also as having a sense of satisfaction, but dopamine actually induces more cravings. It's a reward. So you continually want more of that reward. So sugar is a high reward behavior, especially high concentrated forms, and it creates an addiction. So um, also like alcohol, you know, you have an initial high. So uh, you feel good. Maybe you've even, you're even feeling more focused, but then it drops you on your ass. And that also feeds into the cycle because you get really low and you want to pick me up to try to get back to baseline. So it, it creates a cycle that is very hard to escape and you just get caught in that, you know, your brain is telling you, you need more sugar. Um, sugar is very stressful on the body, just like alcohol. It reduces our immune system. It alters our gut flora. Um, and this can be a problem when we go to get off of sugar. Our, we, we go through a detox period because our, the bacteria and yeasts that are in our gut that are being fed by that sugar and actually creating cravings for more, it's not just our brain, it's the bacteria and yeast in our gut that are wanting to be fed. You know, every species of bacteria and yeast 
feed on a certain thing. So whatever you continually put into your body, that's the population that you're feeding and growing. So if you suddenly cut sugar, you're going to experience a lot of cravings and perhaps gut imbalance, you know, you might be bloated or have diarrhea or constipation or things like that as the, the negative populations die off. And then hopefully you're feeding the healthy populations with good fiber and good protein, and it takes time for them to repopulate your gut. So it's a process. It's a turnover process, and it, it can take time. And pathogenic bacteria and yeast also produce um, toxic byproducts that impact our brain and mess with our brain chemicals. They inhibit serotonin and dopamine. Um, and so it, it really alters our mood, just like alcohol. You know, you think you're partying and having a good time, but if you look at the big picture overall, your mood and negativity um, is really a problem. Similar to alcohol addiction, in order to find the motivation to change, you have to kind of first understand that sugar is a problem. Um, so let's look at the signs that sugar is a problem. First of all, you may have increased hunger overall and weight gain. Uh, you may have irritable moods or mood swings. Um, you may have overall lower energy and fatigue, especially in the afternoon or early evening. You may notice that natural foods don't taste as sweet. So, you know, an apple or blueberries compared to the cupcake, it's just blueberries taste sour and apples are dumb, you know. Um, you may have experienced high blood pressure. Um, also acne and wrinkles. Sugar is horrible for your skin. So, um, you know, you may notice that you don't look as good as you think you should for at least your age. I mean, we all kind of get older, but uh, sugar really causes inflammation, uh, systemic inflammation. And so it's not just our skin that suffers, but that's where we notice because we just don't have that glowing, you know, we look puffy and inflamed on the inside and our skin looks dull and bad on the outside. Joint pain and autoimmune dis uh, disorders can indicate and be triggered and, and perpetuated with sugar. And um, also that adipose fat, you know, if you're carrying a lot of fat in your center, um, adipose fat actually becomes its own endocrine organ and it starts producing its own hormones like estrogen and it's, it messes up the metabolism big time and messes up your hunger. Um, the, the hormones like ghrelin that, that tell us that we're hungry or tell us that we're full, those hormones get completely out of whack. Um, so that adipose fat is a huge um, risk factor for diabetes and heart disease and all sorts of other things. Um, you may notice that you have sleep problems. You may have digestive issues. And this is a huge thing because um, sugar throws off our gut flora. So we may have yeast overgrowth throughout our body, which is a whole host of other symptoms. I'm just scratching the surface here. But there may be um, other digestive issues, you know, even Crohn's disease and IBS um, the irritable bowel syndrome and irritable bowel disease, all of those are exasperated by sugar and conversely, really, really helped by uh, eliminating sugar from the diet.
you may have gotten bad blood work from the doctor, you know, triglycerides, even though those are, that's fat and cholesterol, sugar is really the underlying driving force between out of whack um, triglycerides and cholesterol, um, really feeds that. Then, you know, the pre-diabetic symptoms for insulin resistance, um, you know, you just, you lose the ability to regulate your blood sugar because, you know, your body's constantly releasing insulin and dealing with high blood sugar. Um, so that's a problem. And high insulin levels make you fat. They, that insulin triggers fat storage. Um, and not just, you know, on your hips, but also in your liver and in your internal organs. Adipose fat actually coats your internal organs and just does a hell of a lot of damage. Um, so sugar is a problem. But, you know, why do we eat it when we know that it's bad for us? I mean, anybody that's ever read, you know, a blurb in a magazine, nobody says well, you should eat more sugar. We all know we should eat less. And yet it's so hard to do. And so really addressing the beliefs that are underlying your sugar consumption are, it's just like with alcohol, you know, it is an addiction and treating it like that with compassion, you know, the cravings that you feel are coming from inside the house. They're not a reflection of who you are. They're not a reflection of weakness, um, lack of willpower. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, you know, I want to be fat, dumpy and tired. Like nobody says that. It's just what happens when we're ingesting these, um, these products that change our brain chemistry and have our body systems working against us. So when you think about the belief, you know, I'm eating it because it's so good. It's so good. Well, once upon a time, you may have felt that way about alcohol. You know, I just love the taste of red wine. How could I have a nice meal without red wine or, you know, beer on a hot summer day? Like there's nothing better than that. And so if you believe that, then that becomes true for you. But finish that sentence. There's nothing better than beer on a warm summer day. Well, actually, there is a lot of things better, such as positive mental health, you know, feeling like you're in control, feeling good, being free of addiction, having good relationships, having good sleep. There are things that are better than a beer on, a, on, a, on an afternoon. And you've already decided that. So when you're struggling with sugar and what to do about intake or how to reduce it, it's really important to focus and be very clear on the negative consequences of continuing to eat as you are. Um, the other thing that's really tough with sugar, and this is a real thing, is that it's very, very hard to avoid. It's everywhere. It's so, you know, giving up sugar, it would require potentially you to start looking at labels and to saying no at parties. And, and then that leads you to feeling similar to alcohol, like you're missing out. But in this program, we're learning that we're not missing anything. We don't want to participate in something that's going to make us feel bad and ultimately dumb us down, numb us down, and just create havoc in our lives. And if sugar is doing the same thing for you, really getting a hold of that, um, that ability to say no is you have to be motivated with real information about why it's important to say no and what the benefits are. Because, because you know, looking at the instant gratification, if somebody presents you with a piece of cake, um, you can choose 
and get the immediate high and enjoy the party and then pay for it later. Or you can figure out a different behavior, a no thank you behavior, a different treat for yourself, a treat that actually rewards your body and rewards your brain. And then long term, now you're just spiraling up. It's, you know, sugar addiction is the same thing. Giving it up, you spiral up. You just expand your ability. You expand the way you feel. You give up sugar pretty soon. You're signed up for a marathon. I'm not saying you should sign up for a marathon. But you know what I mean? Sugar is an obstacle. You don't even really know what's beyond that obstacle. Once you clear it, you know, there's so much potential for how much better you can feel. And then what are you going to do with all that energy? That's the fun part. Um, And then the other thing with uh, sugar and the belief is that, you know, if you were to cut it out, the withdrawal would be painful. That's true. You know, you're going to have at least a couple of days, um, probably not day one, but, you know, going into day two and day three and day four, um, you may feel tired and lethargic. Uh, let's go over some of those symptoms. Um, headache, brain fog, irritable, uh, your, gastro, your gastrointestinal system is going to get out of whack. And that can take longer to adjust, but the symptoms are usually much more manageable. You know, with just like with alcohol, you probably had a concentrated 18 to 72 hours max where, you know, at the most you were uncomfortable. And sugar is going to be the same way. Um, once you get through, you know, the wall, then it's, it's, it starts to feel better and better. So I'll wrap this up. First of all, below this video is a document called Sugar is Stress, and it covers a lot of what I've already um, explained, but maybe a little bit more in depth. Read through that. It also helps you identify, you know, hidden sugar and sugar points in your life. But there are a few things that can help you know, takeaways from this that can help you do better. Do you want to say um, one thing about switching to artificial sweeteners? You know, so if you're a pop drinker and you think diet is the answer, it is so not. You literally would be better off sticking with regular pop. Um, Artificial sweeteners are absolutely toxic to the brain. Aspartamine um, breaks down into formaldehyde. It can cause visual, like some pilots aren't even allowed to fly if they've had a Diet Coke, you know, so it's right up there with alcohol. They don't let people fly planes after they've drink, drank it. Also, um, artificial sweeteners, I'm talking aspartamine, saccharin, um, things like that. They mess with your metabolism. And even though you're getting zero calories, it's total bullshit. Zero calorie foods do not have zero impact on the body. So, you know, if you have to drink a zero calorie diet Coke or just drink the damn Coke, that actually is better for you. In fact, there's a huge nurse's study of hundreds of thousands of people. And they it showed that the more diet pop that uh, the women drink in the study, the fatter they are in five years. So it absolutely doesn't work. Not only um, does the actual sweetener itself have toxic chemicals and it's just really bad, but it also increases appetite. So, you know, you think you're avoiding the sugar, but in fact, you're making it more difficult to resist sugar in other places, natural sugars. You crave carbs and you end up storing more fat. So artificial sweeteners are not the way to go. Now, there is good news. There are some options. My favorite option when I do sweeten things, which honestly, the more you don't use sugar, the more it just tastes so concentrated. You know, I I love fruit and even some fruit these days, like red grapes, if they're super sweet, like 
it's to me, they're like crack, nature's crack, you know, so the, the less you eat sugar, the less it will even taste good. It, it just starts to taste so intense. Um, but my favorite is stevia. And I get a little, uh, it's, uh, there's a liquid stevia that, you know, if I want to sweeten my coffee, which I don't drink coffee right now. And when I do, um, I use a little bit of dairy. And if I'm, it's, you know, it's party or I'm traveling and I want to have something special, I'll put a little stevia in with my um, almond milk creamer and it just sweetens it. And then I add some cinnamon and stuff, but stevia from Trader Joe's can sweeten things. Um, and then when you're baking below this, um, I actually have my, I think eight of my favorite recipes that I've worked on and developed for years. And I use dates, medjool dates. And so when you make there, it's not hard to make, you just throw the dates in a blender and then you substitute sugar and I have the recipes for you. Um, but then, you know, you're getting natural sugar and the body is able to process, you know, there is some fructose, but it's balanced with glucose and it's also got minerals and vitamins. You know, my desserts double as protein and energy bars. Um, so check those out and try different things. But when you bake, you know, you can sweeten with bananas and dates and apples, you know, all sorts of things. So there are so many options. Life is so much sweeter when you're not poisoning yourself with, you know, unnatural sugars. And one thing, um, a takeaway would be that I don't ever think about sugar because I don't eat a lot of processed food. I'm not putting my hand in bags and boxes uh, for most of my food. So you don't ever need to worry about natural sugars. Don't worry about the sugar in the fruit. Now, there are exceptions to that rule, um, you know, and if you're being treated by a nutritionist because you have diabetes or something like that, there are times when less fruit is good. But if you're otherwise healthy and you need to kick the sugar habit, just start eating fruit and sweetening with fruit or with stevia, and you'll find that you know you adjust really, really fast. Um, when I purchase things at the store, I actually have five rules, um, the five rules of five that go for processed food. So if I am buying something in a box or a bag, I look at the, the label and it's got to have five ingredients or less, five or more grams of fiber, uh, because fiber blunts the absorption of sugar. And that's how nature designed it is they put, it put sugar in with the fiber. So it slows it all down, doesn't spike your blood sugar, five or less grams of added sugar five or more grams of protein. And then uh, you'll, you'll read about this more in the sugar is stress, but a five to one ratio of carbohydrates to fiber. You know, a lot of the, let's say pastas that you buy out there, you know, there's 40, 50 grams of carbohydrates. And even though there may not be sugar in it, it's still going to spike your blood sugar. But there's so many awesome products on the market now, like with the pastas, for example, where you have really, um, you have carbohydrates, but they've they've somehow managed to process it in a way that they're leaving the fiber in. So in the rule of fives, if you can get a five to one ratio of carbohydrates to fiber, that's just a good rule of thumb. And sometimes I find things that are three to one. That's great. But the rule of five is five ingredients or less, five or more grams of fiber, five grams or less of sugar, five or more grams of protein and a five to one ratio of carbohydrates to fiber. So, um, you know, try to eat whole foods, but when, of course, we all have to use products at the store, try to read the labels to make the good choices. So if you can cut out processed sugars 
and follow the five, five rule of five and just start eating dates and stuff. You know, you may go through a transition period and you may not, it depends on how much you're eating. But overall, the purpose of this lecture is to help you understand that, you know, giving up alcohol is huge. If you want to make it easier and even better, giving up sugar will also move the needle so much farther and so much faster than if you kind of just trade one addiction for another, which is something that is common and it happens. You know, people switch from their five o'clock wine to their five o'clock chocolate cake, and it just really doesn't go well. They're not drinking anymore. Their lives have improved, but they're not feeling as good as they can. So that's what this program is about. It's designed to give you all of the options. And when you know better, you do better. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please take the time to rate and review the show so that other people can find it. I really appreciate it. And check out the show notes for any resources I've mentioned, including links to follow me on Instagram and join my private Facebook group where I connect with my tribe every day. I love it in there and we have so much fun. And finally, if you're ready to redefine sobriety so that you can feel excited about quitting drinking, follow the link to my 10 Days to Spontaneous Sobriety course, where I will help you eliminate, eradicate, obliterate, cancel your desire to drink because looking and feeling your best is addictive too. I'll see you soon.